Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, the black and gold standard for Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma and Zach Celedonia. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast presented by Manscaped. My name is Joe Kuzma, and joining me today, one of my two favorite people in the whole entire world, at least on this show, <laughs> and one Zach Flash Celedonia. Hey, Flash, what's going on, man? Free agency is right here, right around the corner, man. We're going to have some big news. There's a lot of stuff already dropping, and hopefully whatever we've discussed today doesn't become invalidated like almost instantly. <laughs> So I, I can't wait. I love free agency. It's one of my top favorite times of year. I don't know if it'd be top two, but it, it's up there for sure. Free agent frenzy, free agent frenzy. Uh, the draft, week one, preseason, week one, oh. camp. Like it's it's in there. You know, it's a sign that football is on its way back. And yeah, we're already in the thick of it. There's already they said the legal tampering period begins uh, in about a week. Yes, but we're still getting news today. So it's awesome, man. We're off and running. Well, that's because some of the players right now, beyond the legal tampering, you're hearing some names, which we might bring a few of these up over the course of this uh, program. A lot of Derek Carr news that's out there. He was already a free agent. You had the NFL combine that just happened. And Brian and I were talking about this and it was something that uh, come off of Sirius XM NFL radio. Carly Weiss, I usually listen to in the morning former uh, offensive coordinator with New England Patriots for various many years and other coaching hats that he's worn around the league. So the guy's very knowledgeable, and he goes, how many cups of coffee can you have with different people? There's all kinds of tampering going on. They're having conversations about who might be available, who might not be available. Yeah, it's all hush-hush. But, hey, the Dolphins uh, got snagged for some text messages or whatever with Tom Brady and uh, got a draft pick taken away. Not that we're crying about that at all. So... We're the lucky uh, beneficiaries of, yes. of their uh, rule breaking. Yes, yes. So that that's fine. That's, that's totally fine and dandy that there's one fewer player on the board uh, that might have been gone and allow a uh, higher uh, draft prospect to fall into the Steelers' lap. So I do have to bring up something real quick. Comes from the comments uh, commenter. Um, I sorry, I don't have your name, but thank you for the comment on. Uh, I mean, it. You can't always read it in text. Thinking I'm it might be a smart ass or. Uh, I, I know I say I'm not I'm not ever wrong, but in this case, I was reading John Johnson's contract on the on the last show, and there's like two extra void years that are on there, but they have a zero dollar cap hit in the other column, so I, I misread that. There was like an extra five, and then a one point whatever million dollars that wouldn't be attached. It's it it like offsets itself, however the hell they did this contract, but they would still owe him thirteen million dollars this year, and I think eight next year, which will go hand in hand with that. Uh, we'll talk about Bud Dupree here in a little bit as well because uh, hey it sounds like the titans might might be letting him go and we said that is a like a batshit crazy contract where they're eating a lot of money but i think our top topic today our first person when we're talking about new steelers gm this is first full off season as the guy you know and we know kevin colbert's still there he might be the little uh angel or devil on Omar Khan's shoulders, but this is his first year, and he's got an assistant GM, Andy Weidel, that's there too. And what might be his top priorities as we're heading into this uh, final week, and then we get to start hitting some uh, major news and getting some tidbits. I mean, last year, last year it was Mitch Trubisky. That was Steelers don't ever talk to anybody in tampering period. And it was like that was like the news. We didn't even have to wait the extra two days for that to happen. It was like 
boom, first thing like 8 a.m. or whatever, Monday morning, we knew maybe 10, maybe it was 10, but we didn't have to wait very long for the Steelers to dip their um, toe in the free agency pool. I don't think that's going to necessarily be the case this season. And we're going to start off with maybe, I don't know if you agree with me on this one on who is the top priority, but we're just going to list them maybe in no specific order. But I think an Alex Highsmith extension is definitely something that the Pittsburgh Steelers should have high on their list. It might not happen right here, right now. This might be something that happens around training camp. Uh, Alex Highsmith entering the final year of his rookie contract and led the Pittsburgh Steelers with 14 and a half sacks last season. I think this is one that might get done because the Steelers are just more likely to sign or retain their own homegrown players. Yeah, I, I would prioritize Highsmith at the very top of the list. I just, I don't think of him often with this crop because he's not a technical free agent yet, but I, um, I definitely want him to come back. I think he had the quietest 14 and a half, 14 and a half sack season we've ever seen. Cause um, even I forgot the number was that high. I knew he had double digits, but 14 and a half sacks, that's not luck. That's, that's skill. And uh, Highsmith has come along really nicely. Um, he pretty much has hit his ceiling of like when they drafted him out of Charlotte in the third round, this was what people talked about as his potential. Um, a sack artist, a guy who could potentially even be the guy on a team, but we don't need him to be the guy here because we have the guy in TJ Watt. So I think he's a great partner for TJ Watt. Um, he did well even when TJ was out of the lineup this year with his pectoral injury and all this Last time I was on, I mentioned I would take Bud Dupree back on a team-friendly deal, but not to secede Alex Highsmith, simply to be the three, the guy that we thought we had in Melvin Ingram for a couple games before he was out of here. So I would take Bud Dupree back, but not to take over or secede Highsmith. I think Highsmith has earned his role and earned his money whenever the Steelers uh, decide to give it to him. And um, they have made a habit of doing this before the guy's contract is actually up. So definitely, I, I think you're right. We should keep our eyes out for a Highsmith extension coming through at some point here, because if you're a capologist like myself, you know that uh, when you do an extension for a player, it helps actually free up money. I'm not sure how that works, but it, it helps the team out from a cap space perspective. Like when TJ got his big deal, we actually got more cap space. Does that all make sense? Um. A, a, a capologist or a crapologist <laughs> like i know and i was calling everyone a moron and i read the john johnson thing wrong but that you know if, if i actually were to bring it up and I, I think i will just to exonerate myself here but yeah You're talking um, about the brown safety yeah brown safety he's supposed to be uh heading to greener pastures which would be any of the other leagues 31 teams in my opinion wait really uh, yeah, they, they're going to cut John Johnson. Yeah, that was one of the rumors that were floating around here over the last week or so. Is okay, John I, I had heard that. Yeah, he might be. He might be getting the axe. Uh, let's see. I got it up here, and I just wanted to point this out because this is kind of going with what you say. A lot of the, the new fad is these void years. The player's not really under contract, but there is like a year that's put in um, where they're the team is still paying them. So there's that eight point eight million dollars. There's a zero dollar cap savings someone uh, somewhere was trying to say they save 13 million dollars or whatever on this uh, contract and it's like nope it's right here it says dead money and cap savings so the left column is the dead money the problem was here you see there's no there's a zero dollar cap number 
and then it says dead money. This is like going out to 2025, the way it's uh, kicked in. But if you actually do the math and do the cap numbers of the four, first four years of the deal, it's all accounted for right here. And then there's something about like the cap savings and stuff like that. Those extra two void years are goofy to me. I'm not sure. I totally understand it, but it looks like they've already um, uh, paid out like 10, 11, something of this 33 and three quarters million dollar contract when it comes to John Johnson. So um, that's not somebody I was necessarily looking to target if you're the Steelers, but uh, it's it's going to come up here in a few moments because we're going to be talking heavy about defensive backs. Alex Highsmith is not a guy that they need to ink right away necessarily, but in the final year of his rookie deal, you get this done now and you're going to pay him a lot of money over a certain period of time because edge rushers make a boatload of money. It depends what they do, I think, with defensive line. But now that they're not, they still got stuff on to it on the books right now, but they don't have like Hayward to it and TJ Watt. They're not, pay, they're not paying like three or four guys along that defensive front right now. So I think they could afford to give Highsmith something. And they just gave TJ a boatload of money where TJ, um, TJ's money is already being spread out. So Highsmith could be spread out over a couple of years now before that Kenny Pickett contract may come to fruition if Kenny is the guy and he's going to be making like $40 million like everyone else wants or more. But you kind of avoid uh, hitting free agency and Highsmith uh, going out there and getting feelers and running up his market value, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what the Steelers usually get ahead of. They'll pay their guys in advance. And then uh, it ends up being a discount or a bargain because the price tag will go up next year. There's no doubt about it. So get ahead of that train right now. Sign the guy now. And you were mentioning some people thought because TJ Watt was off the field that Highsmith, oh, he disappeared. And he didn't do anything in these games, which is hogwash. It's, <laughs> com it's completely, it, it, it's bullshit. There's no other way of saying it. Uh, I, of course, the whole defense stunk. They sucked ass without TJ Watt out there. I don't care who it was or how it went down, but it just, it kind of drives me crazy. And I had some of the numbers. It was weeks two through eight without TJ Watt. So he got TJ Watt got hurt after week one against the Bengals on the road at Cincinnati. Right. And Alex Smith had three and a half sacks, 22 tackles, five tackles for loss, five quarterback hits and a forced fumble. And then 10 to 17, when Watt returned, he had eight sacks. So more eight to three and a half, 32 tackles, 10 more of same five tackles for loss. So he doubled up there, 11 quarterback hits. So twice as often he was getting to the quarterback and forced three forced fumbles. But guess what? Guess who's getting double teamed when TJ Watt's not on the field? It's probably Alex Highsmith or, yeah. Cam, or Cam Hayward, right? Well, Cam yeah. Hayward, when TJ wasn't on the field, only had two sacks, 29 tackles, four for loss, four quarterback hits. He had a forced fumble. When Watt was on the field, you could bump that two to seven and a half sacks, 43 tackles, doubled up the tackles for loss to nine, and 16 quarterback hits, 16 times he gets to the quarterback versus the four he had without TJ. TJ changes everything. That's why he is a perennial defensive MVP. So I think that's kind of, um, it's a little naive to think that, well, Alex Highsmith isn't worth whatever money and blah, blah, blah. I'm sure Mark Madden and those guys are just having a field day with that right now. And they will whenever this contract probably gets done. But I think... Would you rather go on a search for someone else? Would you rather have, we found out what, Bud's 30, 30 years old now? So, uh, Bud Dupree? Uh, that, yeah. that, that sounds right. He was yeah, I know. Yeah, we looked at the, yeah, we looked at him uh, on the last show, and now I can't remember what it was. Well, let me see. Uh, he was probably like 22 yeah, when he got drafted. That's out, because, I guess, so that's, 
February birthday. That's why it keeps throwing me off. He just turned 30 because I was like, oh, 29, 29 is different. It's a whole different <laughs> number in the NFL. You know what I mean? Oh, but, it's, it's a different number in real life, man. I, I'm going to be 29 in May and then I'll be 29 and a half the next year. And then 29 <laughs> and three quarters after that. Well, I'm 41 now, man. So I feel your pain. I used to tell people I feel old. Now I really feel old. You make me feel old. Uh, when you go back <laughs> and you say, wow, that, that song's 20 years old, like something from like Eminem, for example. And I'm just like, 20 years ago, that song came out. Like, come on, you man. You know what I heard was um, it, people, when we were on in the early 2000s, right? The way people talked about the 70s is how people are talking about the early 2000s now yeah like it's a real mind like is when i was a kid the 70s felt like it, it didn't even exist like it felt like this like magical time that people just made up stories from and we were long past that but when you put it in the perspective of like now we're in 2023 hop back to 2000 that feels like not a different time it feels like it was just yesterday and nothing makes me feel older actually than the scouting combine because i feel like it was just six weeks ago that CJ Stroud made his debut for Ohio state. Oh, and now no. he's there at the combine. Like it, it, it's every year this happens where I'm like, didn't this guy just start playing college football and they're at the combine that that makes me feel old every single year. Just, just the names and the guys that I feel like are still young are showing up at the combine or their kids like Marvin yeah, Harrison jr. Playing for like Ohio state who Joey Porter jr. Like what, what's going on here? Like Charles it, Tillman's kid is uh, there yeah. too. Oh, it's just, it's so crazy. Like, it's like, these are the guys who grew up and I know there's folks that are older than me, <clears throat> Brian, and, uh, they, uh, they've already gone through this and, uh, they, they've coped with it. And I'm, I'm just not there yet. So <laughs> I just, it is, it's, it's wild. Uh, by the way, it's like, it's the same thing. Dirty dancing came out, I think in the eighties. Um, and then, you know, it's based in the fifties. So it's the same kind of like time period thing as if somebody went back 1987 is when it came out. So it's, um, I'm trying to see if it actually says what the period of time is that the movie was based in, but, uh, oh, 63. So even like 20 years earlier, but you're talking about that now and you're going back to the same kind of period of time as almost that's 25 years. So you're I was going just back talking to, to my dad at dinner the other night and I was like, what'd you say? Yeah. You're going back to like the era of Y2K now, <laughs> yeah. like to tell the same type of story. If they were to reboot it, please don't reboot. Don't put baby in a corner. Do you hear they're, <laughs> they're making um what is it Roundhouse with, with Jake Gyllenhaal? Ro uh, Roadhouse or Roadhouse? Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Right. You never watch Family Guy? He's always like yeah. I, that, that's what I heard in my head when he said Roadhouse. It was Peter Roundhouse. Voice. That's Chuck Norris, uh, Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, they went to do that. It, it's the guy leave things alone, man. Let some things be. <laughs> So, uh, some, some reboots and some of that stuff is better than others. I just, I can't, uh, there's, there's other things. See my generation and it's bleeding in years. We just, they told us never to grow up. There was this draft that came on TV and said, don't ever grow up. And in, you know, it was Jeffrey from Toys R Us and we just won't grow up. We won't let any of this go. So now my kid has to do ghostbusters and transformers and you know, GI Joe and all that stuff. So I was just talking to my dad at dinner the other night and I, we were talking about this very thing cause he was like, man, you're going to be 30 soon. And I said, <laughs> I, I, I am. Um, but I don't know. I, I feel my body feels more old than anything. Cause in my head, I've never been able to get past like the mindset of like a 19 to 21 year old. My dad was like, that'll never come. <laughs> He's like, he was like, get ready to think the same son, way you think for the rest of your life. Son, we are men. <laughs> <laughs> we don't grow up. 
Yeah, we make beef jerky. Watch football. Yeah, poop with the door open <laughs> from uh, Step Brothers. But anyways, yeah, got it. yeah. Anyways, we should move on to our uh, our our next dude. But yeah, Alex Highsmith, I think, is somebody you're definitely going after. And you brought up Ingram. Let me just go back to that too. I was like, he outperformed him uh, the previous year, and then last year, having 14 and a half sacks. I think makes you just don't find 14 and a half sack guys growing on trees. Uh, it's funny how many people though didn't. We'll we'll talk about Bud Dupree in a second. I'll come back to him. Because he's he's on my uh, short he's on my short list again. We kind of mentioned we kind of thought maybe he might not be released. But going back to Steelers players now, Highsmith uh, under contract for one more year. You just don't want him like sitting out, missing training camp, any type of like holdout type things that the players do. Delete everything on social media or whatever. But Cam Sutton, he's a guy I want back, and a lot of people are just like blah 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 blah. Cam Sutton is a dude. He can play all over the place. He can play any of the outside boundary corners. He can play inside. He can cover the slot. He can cover safety positions. He is uh, a Swiss Army knife if there ever was one. I've been in his corner just about since when he was drafted because I do have trepidation whenever the Steelers draft a corner. Any any type of defensive back, especially cornerbacks, and I'm like, oh great, that's gonna be a bust. That doesn't work out too well. It's probably why they had avoided him for so many years. That might change now with the new regime, by the way. But uh when it comes to Cam Sutton, I don't think he's a very expensive guy to keep on retainer, and he's a definite at least corner two. And I know some folks will say, Well, he's not a corner one. Well, if you at least have two two C B twos. Let's say Levi Wallace or Killer Witherspoon, if those guys, especially if Witherspoon hangs around still, uh, if they're able to, it's at least something better. You're not going to have all-star, all-pro players at every single position all over the field. And I think Sutton is still a guy that's really, really good, darn good at what he does. Probably the most underrated corner the Steelers have had for quite some time. I'd even put it, I'd say Ike Taylor. He's not quite all the way there yet. But definitely, if you're going to say underrated corners, I, I would say he's one. And it sounds like all indications are from other players and reports that are coming out that uh, the Steelers are not only talking with him, but there's no chance that he's leaving town. Yeah, I, you said it all really well. I think the fact that he is such a unicorn uh, when it comes to Steelers drafted cornerbacks is all the more reason to keep him. You know, he, he's put in the work and the Steelers have put in the work to help him develop because it's no secret. Their track record drafting cornerbacks is terrible. Like it's not something that they've been able to figure out for the longest time. It's it's um like how the Ravens can't draft receivers, the Steelers can't draft cornerbacks. But Cam Sutton is by far and away the best one they've drafted in a long time. And um short of Mel Blunt, Steelers and Rob Woodson, the Steelers never really have superstar corners. That it's always like you described it as two starting number twos. I know Ike was the man and a big fan of Ike, but at his best, you know, he's a really high end corner too, as was Brian McFadden and Deshae Townsend. And um, I mean, Joe Hayden certified cornerback one, but we got him in the latter part of his career. So having an established superstar corner has never really been in the Steelers MO and things change, but Cam Sutton wouldn't cost superstar money at all. I think he, he could be had for about a three year deal around 30 million making about 10 or 11 a year. And um, if you don't know NFL money that well, that might sound like a lot of money, but to have a, he would be our best corner on the team. That, that's a, that's a discount three years, 30 million. So I would qualify him or classify him as priority one of our in-house free agent guys right now to bring back, because you don't want to start back at square one. You lose Cam Sutton. 
Now you're left with Levi Wallace, maybe Akilah Witherspoon, maybe William Jackson, probably not. And, and they, they've, they've painted themselves in a corner where they have to draft somebody or get Jalen Ramsey. But <laughs> oh, come part, on. <laughs> get out of here. Probably not going to happen. Not for so 20 mil. Just, I mean, all of Cam Sutton's contract spread out over, let's say, three years is like one year of Jalen Ramsey. Like, that's exactly. the way yeah. you have to think of it. Real, real bang for your buck with Cam Sutton. And my buddy Zachary Smith actually had a tweet this morning uh, of the Around the 412 podcast. He said that he was texting, talking to one of uh, Cam Sutton's teammates. He didn't want to name who, but uh, his direct quote was like, LOL, he ain't going anywhere. Uh, referring to Cam Sutton because Zach was asking about Cam's contract and the guy said, LOL, he's not going anywhere. So that gives you a sense of how his teammates feel and how they think this is going to go down. And I, I, I would be pretty genuinely shocked if, if the Steelers didn't retain Cam, did not retain Cam Sutton. Totally with you, man. Picking up what you're putting down. Definitely. Um, in the same category of, uh, talking about corners and Cam Sutton and whatnot. I, I think that will be, we'll have to go back and look at some free agent targets again. Maybe we'll see what next week brings us and what's. In, I'll tell you this right too. Mail. I'd rather them just sign Cam Sutton than apply the franchise tag because the franchise tag for corners is pretty expensive. So just pay him. I don't even think we have to use the franchise tag on anybody in our free no, agent. No, 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 no. I, so, I couldn't see that. That would be pretty extreme in the amount of money and whatever. And I don't think other teams are coming banging down the door for Cam Sutton. And also he's got to consider the smarter players realize he's probably going to be here. What Cam's in that same uh, Sutton is probably in that same category, right? He's probably 27, 28. Oh, let's see here. Uh, 28. So he's still got, you know, a three-year deal that gets him to like 31 and it finishes out his career. He makes his money. Uh, otherwise he goes somewhere else. He could be cut within a year or who, you know, you see that happen all the way around you get to, you never know. Like there's a lot of personal decisions that go into this too. Did you buy a house or your kids, you have kids, are they in school, your family and things like that? You're going to uproot them and go to like Las Vegas for a year. You know what I mean? Uh, with, with no real guarantees beyond that, they're going to give you like some front loaded contract. Look at John Johnson moves to Cleveland. I bet he's kicking himself over that. And just for what a year or two. And I know it's part of the business and you're kind of a nomad and that's the way this works. But when you could have some longevity somewhere, I think that, uh, truly, uh, speaks volumes. So at somebody you could hold down, uh, hold down the fort for about three years and we move into, uh, the actual safety conversation. I don't know if I tagged this right the first time, but I think I did. Uh, so safeties, we, we've multi-purpose here. It's kind of funny. All the people that were crapping all over Terrell Edmonds, all of a sudden want him back. And he was one of my high priorities last year if not highest priority last season but uh you you've made good points too we we're talking about this off the air and you're talking about Demonte Casey so uh i i would take either or both of them back in a heartbeat preferably both yeah i i finally for so long i feel like every off season basically i'm always looking at the uh the draft safeties and the free agent crop because whereas we've had Minka for a while now and Edmonds has been solid I've been chasing the three safety dream for a long time because it's a passing league. And if you can have a third guy who is starter capable, a fringe starter, that's a big, important piece that you, it's a luxury for sure. But if you can have that on your defense, it helps you so much. And we saw that on games where 
uh, Edmonds or Minka had to miss in case he could come in and start, did well. And when he was the third wheel of the rotation, he still did well. Um, he has a nose for the ball. And I feel like they're in a position right now where safety has kind of turned into less of a weakness and more of a strength. So why would you want to weaken that strength by letting one of, if not both of them go? I think the goal is to keep them both. Um, it's probably more realistic to think only one stays, but neither guy, when you look up their market value projection wise for next year, it's not very high. They have Edmonds on a, like a three year, $10 million thing. And Casey's even less. They think Casey will sign for a one year because whereas he performed well for the Steelers in a pinch, he didn't get a lot of tape out there. You know, um, the amount of snaps he played, going to be a hard sell for his agent to go to a team and be like give this guy 30 million dollars so i think casey and edmonds both can be retained but it all depends on how the steelers are going to prioritize their money because if they're going to pay cam sutton and they're going to pay casey or edmonds that's three guys out of the secondary they're going to be giving contracts to is that likely i don't really know i i would again really want them to stay i don't know how likely it is because i don't want to go back to the darkness of diving into the safety film every single year because we're lacking at that spot. We finally have it fixed. We've got arguably the best in the league with Minka, uh, a good running partner in Terrell Edmonds, who's developed really well in his time in Pittsburgh and de developed into one of our more reliable defensive players. And then you got DeMonte Casey, who, who is uh, lightning in a bottle when you give him a chance. Just keep the band together rather than taking a risk I would say, and drafting a rookie to play or signing another guy because it, the guys you're going to bring in to sign right now, they're the same level of talent, if not worse, than Edmonds and Casey. You're not going to get Jesse Bates in here, so just just keep the band together. Yeah, no Jesse Bates, no uh, Honey Badger, sorry. No Honey, Honey Badger. Honey Badger and Aaron Rodgers were your pipe dream. It wouldn't have mattered if they couldn't put 11 players on the field otherwise on either side. Uh, Casey's 30 years old. Um, so, you know, he, when he signed, uh, with the Falcons, uh, he had a four year deal that was only worth a little over 4 million, just uh, like 4.1. If you're going to round it as Cowboys deal, that was, um, what, that was his original rookie contract, I believe. And then when was he went to the Falcons? Cowboys, yeah, he was a yeah. rookie on the Falcons. Yeah. So <laughs> 1.1 just to go to the Cowboys and then, uh, about 800 some thousand that the Steelers, the base salary he may have gotten something else with this too. I don't have it all in front of me, but it's just a little over a million dollars. So he's not going to break the bank there necessarily. Um, Terrell Edmonds on the other hand, let me see. I think Edmonds was only like 2 million last year. Yeah. 2.3, 2.4 in that, uh, in that ballpark. Is, yeah, they uh, did the old bait and switch. Instead of giving him uh, the franchise tag, they got him for even less. Yeah, yeah. And Minka was going to be that candidate for the franchise tag, and rightfully so, last year. I mean, you're talking top 20% of top five paid, you know, in that category. Well, let me see. Uh, it's an average, and then it goes 20% in the next year. So that's what you're looking at with, like, a Lamar Jackson, and you get the uptick uh, in subsequent years. You keep tagging the guy. It keeps costing more and more based on that other contract. So, yeah, about 2.4 last year. That was about what he was already making. His rookie deal was four years, uh, 10.5. So a $2.5 If you've got 3 to $4 million tied up in these two dudes, that's not a whole lot to have experienced – uh, players that are experienced in your system, let alone experienced in the league. So I think they're both well worth uh, that cost. I, I think, and I think if you tie down Sutton 
And you, I don't know what they do when it comes to Jackson Weatherspoon Wallace. Uh, Wallace probably stay, I would think. And they, they, I think they add to the room, but I don't think there's anybody new starting anywhere in that secondary necessarily. Uh, week one, at the very least, unless let's just say one of these guys like a Christian Gonzalez or Joey Porter Jr. falls in their lap and makes their decision harder. But I think they have some other needs. I'm not going to say I'd be upset with it. I saw someone, it might've been you that tweeted this out. There was like a mock draft and it had, I think Porter and Addison on it somehow. Yeah. And yeah, like, yeah. Um, I, uh, Porter at 17, picks. Addison at 32. I've seen that a couple of times. It's, it's tricky though. Cause both of those players, Joey Porter and Jordan Addison, they have a high variance in their mock rate right now. I've seen both of them at like 11 or 12, and I've seen both of them at like 30 to the Eagles. So it, it could happen getting, getting that combination. It would be sweet. You'd have a, a yin explosion as uh, Mikey likes to say on the freak show with big Bob, whenever something super Pittsburgh happens, but uh, it's a pipe dream. I can admit that I, it, that'd be incredible if they were able to get those two with their first two picks but it doesn't seem too likely i think they are like vibing a little bit more towards defense with the first pick but that's that's the only real read i have on the situation right now because right now they're showing interest in everybody where they, where they even have an inkling of a need they have met with every single prospect at the combine oh, yeah. so best player know. available that's what it's going to be absolutely yeah. no doubt in my mind and I guess uh, one more name to throw out for the greater good before um, uh, we get into some of these things like cap space and some of the other depth and stuff, but an actual player that uh, is, in, you know, kind of nearing maybe his final years in the league and the NFL and whatnot, and that would be uh, Cameron Hayward. And what are the Steelers going to do with Cam? And Cam is an unsp- uh, without a doubt the leader of this locker room right now. He's the most veteran player on this team. And I think he's got, uh, according to his brother, Connor, uh, he's got a lot left in the tank. He's not looking to go anywhere anytime soon. So I think maybe something ends up getting done with Cam Hayward as well. I'm pulling up uh, what his, oh. Like an extension, you think? Like an yeah, extension? Oh, yeah, like extension. Well, right now, uh, he's under contract through 2024. So, and I pulled this up. Emmy makes a pretty good amount of money. And we're going to be talking about this. But the reason I'm bringing Cam up next is because uh, cap space and the Steelers being right up against the cap. We were mentioning, I think they're only like $55,000 or something under the cap. Uh, but th- this year, uh, $22 million, roughly $22 million next year. That's a, large, that's a nice chunk uh, of change. And that's because he's already done some restructuring in the past. So, did they extend him past? 35 years of age, they tackle on an extra year here that they rip up this contract a little bit and uh, put in some void years or something. It's going to be interesting to see. Is that a major priority at this point when you've already got Cam for the following year as well? I don't know that it is, but more or less, I anticipate that this topic will come up somewhere, somehow. Let's put it this way. Anthony Richardson just did what at the, at the Combine? He, he made everybody look ridiculous, right? And, yeah, ridiculously bad. And all of a sudden, <laughs> he now blew people, the roof off that place. Yeah. Are Steelers, ha- are Steelers fans content with Kenny Pickett, or could they be looking to draft a quarterback? Like, get the hell out of here. The Steelers have the 17th overall pick. They're not going to be sniffing a guy. There's going to be plenty of teams that are going to throw that dart a lot faster now that he's got all these intangibles. It doesn't Listen, matter if, how. If, if I'm not pushing for Anthony Richardson, 
nobody should be. Because I'm the biggest, like, oh, did you see him run this? Did you see him jump that? Dude, he's going to go so high now. And thank God for everyone else. The Steelers already have Kenny Pickett, or I would be so annoying about Anthony Richardson becoming a Steeler <laughs> and what we have to do to go up and get him. But I am more than content. I'm perfectly happily married to Kenny Pickett. Kenneth Shane Pickett. Kenneth, Kenneth Shane, yes. Uh, it's That's just driving me crazy because it's like, I'm like, really? People could come up with just about any story that they want to make up or print and put it out there because, uh, unlike us, a lot of these places have quotas they have to meet in order to uh, generate ad revenue. And don't be surprised if you don't see something about Cam Hayward's name show up in this slow period. It'll probably be rated uh, sometime in April or in June. Uh, that wouldn't shock me or surprise me whatsoever. So. Uh, just another reminder to all of our folks out there. The Steel City Underground podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Precision-made tools for your family jewels. Zach's got the Manscaped shirt on right now. Um, I forget what it says. Oh, your balls will thank you. And I think they will. Yeah, it does. It's a it's a pretty it's a pretty cozy type thing. Uh, here's a public service announcement though, for all of our listeners and viewers that are out there, you may have heard this if you tuned into the last show, but, uh, manscaped now has beard products and is going even further with their brand new weed whacker 2.0. Go ahead. Tell the world, the leaders in below the waist grooming are traveling North of your South pole with their revolutionary grooming products, the new weed whacker 2.0, um, <clears throat> excuse me, and their new beard line confirms they have all the best tools for your hygiene toolbox. Time for you to upgrade your game by going to manscaped.com using the promo code SteelCity20 for 20% off plus free shipping. And if you happen to be nosing around it, uh, the Beard Hedger Pro Kit that just came out, uh, pulling that up, you can take a look at that right here. That's right, folks. You could uh, you could save a nice penny off of that with Steel City 20. I actually have this thing in my hand, and you're going to get the new nose hair trimmer with this as well, the brand new one. So uh, if you haven't jumped on one of these tools yet, I know we were talking about the actual manscaping products before, but the Beard Hedger, all the beard stuff, comes in a nice little case right here. Got a USB-C charger. You can pretty much anything... Everybody's getting in line with USB-C. That's actually pretty cool. I'm a tech guy, so you don't have to carry even extra chargers around if you don't want to. Uh, that saves you a lot of time, a lot of energy, and a lot of effort. And uh, I know we're enjoying this thing right now. We were actually talking about this off the air. So it's like when you know we're sponsored and we have some of our own ad time and obligations as well. But when we're talking about things offline, and I'm talking about them to people just in random passing, phone conversations, email, you know, Facebook Messenger, or whatever, it's actually pretty cool. So that's how much I really do enjoy the Manscaped products. That's no baloney coming from me. And I know everybody has their own opinions. They actually, even though they have a lot of quirky and funny um, marketing stuff and some reads and stuff that we have for these ads, they tell us to be honest about this stuff for the most part. You know what I mean? We're not going to tell you that this thing's going to cut off your neck or anything like that, but uh, trust me. Well, don't trust me. I can't make those guarantees. I'm not allowed to, but this thing's awesome. I, I love it. And I'm pretty much gotten rid of every other trimmer, beard, whatever hair hygiene product that I have owned over the years in favor of the Manscaped stuff. So I know you're, ex you're enjoying that as well over there. Um, uh, Zach with, uh, I, I don't want to call you the woolly mammoth or whatever, but you got more going on. I mean, you got more hair than I have on my entire body right now, just on your head. Oh so. yeah. That's why I'm so short. 
<laughs> it's I wish this stuff down. was around when I was a kid because when I was a kid, it wasn't cool to have body hair and a beard. You know, the beards just came into the scene when I was like in 11th or 12th grade. So fortunately, the tail end of high school, I was able to be my true self, my hairy self. But yeah, dude, my, my chest is, is like, you've seen Austin Powers? I, I'm a step below that. Like, I'm a very hairy individual. <laughs> and the Manscaped products are awesome. They've helped me keep my beard tight because I grow a pretty full beard, but it's like a, a, a Brillo pad where in certain areas it, it twists together and gets thicker. So if I don't keep it shaped up, it can create this illusion like I have like tumors on my face because there's just these big uneven bumps all oh, over geez. my beard. But that's how you know it's real because we were talking about it off air about how I was grooming this morning, you know, getting myself lined up for the show. And I'm very happy with the trimmer. I love the beard shampoo as well. Um, my girlfriend's thankful for that because I don't have to use her stuff anymore. Um, not for her beard. I mean, she, her, her regular hair. I use her shampoo for my beard. <laughs> the thing says got bush. You're going to get yourself in trouble. <laughs> They got like the little, um, that brush and, you know, I don't keep mine very long. I keep, I like the like stubble kind of look a little bit. I've been playing around with this some more, but there's 20 different haircutting lengths just built into this one trimmer. And like I said, I was telling you, cause I was kind of demonstrating. I'm like, if I hold it this way, it doesn't do as much for me, but if I hold it the other way, you get the other 10 cutting lengths. So I've still been playing around with that a little bit and you don't have to carry around all these gizmos and attachments. I could throw all that stuff away. And besides most of it that I had anyways was uh, it's cheap junk, even if you pay a decent buck for it. So you don't have that here with Manscaped 20% off free shipping worldwide, manscaped.com with promo code SteelCity20. And as we move along, I love talking about Manscaped. We could easily get lost in just talking about their stuff. It's kind of ridiculous because sometimes, in all honesty, we've had some reads on here. I won't mention any names or any products where it's kind of like, yeah, okay, I'm kind of snake oil salesman here sometimes. So uh, it, that's not the case uh, with the Manscaped stuff. Absolutely love, absolutely love their products. We're going to get into uh, another uh, topic here ourselves now. And as soon as I can find, where's the topics bar at? This thing is still a bane of my existence. Why did we ever add this? Oh yeah, because it makes the chapters on YouTube easier to put in too. Uh, cap space. Omar Khan's got to do something here. Steelers don't have all this money that everybody pretends that they have to go out and sign all of these free agents in a week from now. So they're going to have to do something. They're going to have to do some creative accounting. And I know that the cap is a myth, is a myth, is a myth, is a myth. And everybody comes up with that, but it's not a myth. Look at the Rams. They're, they're hurting. The Titans are hurting right now. I think uh, we mentioned that they could, everybody's talking about restructuring contracts. And you can't really do a I whole lot of... I think it's a myth. It, it's to some degree. I will not stand idly by and listen to your fake propaganda about the cap. <laughs> hey, Cam, or Cam Hayward's got two years left on his contract. You can't really restructure two years left on a deal unless you're going to... You're trying to make them like you're going to, that's why I said, you got to do some type of extension, some void years and spread that money out. The re that's the reason it's a myth because everyone is anticipating the cap that to rise every year. And they're just kicking that can down the road and spending money that they don't have right now. Well, that kind of sucks when you get into a scenario like they did with uh, Ben Roethlisberger having a $40 million cap hit in 2020. And you had, yeah, that, was, that was a nightmare 21, scenario or 21, I should say. And the, um, the cap went down instead of up and they weren't the only team in, that were in trouble and still in trouble due to some of these things. I still look at the saints and I'm like, how are they going to do it? How do they do anything? And 
Yeah. You just look at their liabilities, what they have in the future. It's like kicked out to like 10 years in the future. Eagles were doing a lot of that as well. Rams, we already mentioned. So I'm the, really interested to see the, the Derek Carr thing. I, I They're definitely going to cut Jameis Winston, the Saints, because he's due to about $12.5 million, I think, for next year. He'll be out of there. But yeah, I don't know how they're getting money for Derek Carr. But like you said, extensions, that helps open up cap space, uh, surprise cuts. You know, I really can't think of any right now that the Steelers may have. Um, but you're seeing it already on the NFL, uh, Bud Dupree, uh, Eric Kendricks from the Vikings, another mm-hmm. guy got cut and can still play, but they, the Vikings don't want to keep him at his number, you know? So, uh, he's about 10 million a year. I think Kendricks is about, I think Kendricks is about 10 million a year. I was looking him up. What's he 30, 31 years of age now. Yeah. Uh, he can still play. I mean, if you get him a little bit less, like we were talking about miles Jack last year, I'd be sniffing around maybe, but again, that's if that's eight million dollars, that means Larry Ogajobi isn't back who you got for like that bargain price last year. So you're probably rolling with you got to roll with some rookies or underpriced guys or undrafted free agents it's, or street free agent guys or uh, like the DeMonte Casey's, the guys that have been around and aren't commanding large contracts. You got to roll with them at some point. You can't just load up the entire defense. Well, I don't know. Steelers had the highest paid defense in the league last year, and people will always like mock that particular statistic. However, how often were all of those guys on the field, all 11 of them at the same time? It wasn't very often, uh, especially when you have TJ, who's a large chunk of that. You know what I mean? So sorry to cut in on you on that one. But yeah, I think Kendrick's, uh, you might have even tweeted something about that earlier today. And I'm like, yeah, Kendrick's, that, that might be somebody that could play for a couple more years, especially inside linebacker. It all depends. As long as he hasn't lost a step, because you can't have anybody slow in quicksand playing inside linebacker in the steel, with the Steelers system. That, that that's always the key is when you're going to bring in a guy like Kendricks or somebody else who's been let loose from their team that you believe can still play. It's all about that step that you hope he's not missing because um, whereas miles Jack was solid for the Steelers last year, there were no splash plays. And I was really hoping to get some from him coming in uh, to solidify the middle linebacker spot. Um, I'd be open to Kendricks as well. If he can still play, um, but I wasn't even trying to get into that. I was just using him as an example of like teams will cut yeah. guys that you don't expect to be cut that you think can still play. And the reasoning behind it is just wanting to get fresher, wanting to open up some money and they can't keep everybody. So just uh, keep your eyes peeled for someone the Steelers might do that too. But I, right now I really have no clue who that would be because we have so many young guys and like, they're not going to cut Minka obviously or TJ or cam, so the next, I guess the surprising cut would be someone like Miles Jack. Yeah, probably the most surprising. I mean, we we expect William Jackson III to be cut. We Definitely. expect something to happen with Mitch Trubisky and his contract, Gunnar Oshevsky. And once you do all those, you're well north of $20 million saved on the cap. So those are moves they can make without having to restructure Watt, without having to restructure Minka, without having to touch Deontay Johnson's contract that I don't want to touch because uh, let's face it, if he stinks, he, you know, he stinks. Um, He's going to be the main argument as to why, whether or not they would add somebody like Addison to this roster. It's going to be very tempting. I find it very funny that everybody shits on Deontay all year. And then you have me bringing up Jordan Addison. Oh, dude, we've got Deontay. I heard what all you said about Deontay. I I like him too as a player, but I don't think that's enough of a reason to totally ignore the potential of upgrading the receiver room. If the right guy is there at the right time in the draft, I do not want them to take one at 17, but if a talent falls, yeah, they should take one, man. 
Juju. Okay, here's a story for the people. In 2017, the Steelers took Juju Smith-Schuster in the second round. They already had Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant, Eli Rogers, and Darius Hayward Bay on the roster. Fast forward to 2019, two years after Juju was drafted, he's the last guy in the room. Okay, so this whole like, oh, they have George Pickens, they have Deontay Johnson. That's not enough of a reason to like totally ignore the the spot. Be like, oh, we're good with just these two guys, man. And I'm as excited for Calvin Austin as the next guy. I really want him to do well. I I prefer to live in the positive world than the negative world. But over in the negative world, I'm not too old to remember when we had Sanquez Golson in here, our second round pick with Bud Dupree, the cornerback. We never got to see him because he got hurt his foot, same as Calvin Austin. And then the next year, hurt again, and then he was cut. So I want Calvin Austin to succeed. I want him to do well. I'm excited about the ideas of what he can bring to an offense. But yeah, it's it's been it's been giving me a little extra chuckle lately. All these people name dropping Deontay Johnson after dragging him through the mud all season long and be like, this guy sucks. He can't catch. He can't do this. And now when it's about the Steelers potentially drafting a receiver, it's all oh we got Deontay Johnson. We're good there. It's a copycat league. You saw what the Bengals had done with, I don't know, T. Higgins was a second-round pick, but he was high. He was a high one, wasn't he? Like, maybe he was 33. The first, yeah, yeah, same spot the Steelers are in right now. And that could very well be the same path. Like, it really could uh, if if somebody like that were. And trust me, there'll be plenty of receivers that Steelers just had, have always had a knack for that. But <clears throat> some of their scouts have changed over, too. So, uh, you know, Brandon Hunt now over with the Eagles. You got Anthony Whitehall. They might have some different ideas on how they want to explore that. The main difference is, is usually with the pipeline, the Steelers are always looking a year or two ahead. And there's nobody that's a year or two out of being out of contract or no longer on the roster right now. Right. So like when they were drafting George Pickens, they're looking ahead at, okay, Chase Claypool may only have a year or so left after this. And maybe that's somebody that they're going to trade. So like, that's the only thing where it's like, I have that mental mind block, but let's just say Deontay, I think Deontay's fine. You saw Darius Slay put that out there. A lot of people were clickbaiting that too. Eagles corner says this Steelers receiver was one of the toughest guys to cover in the entire league. He was in his top five guys they had played for the year. And that was right up there with Justin Jefferson. Uh, who else was in that list? Was it, was um, DeAndre Hopkins or somebody like that on there too? I'm trying to think. So he's on the Eagles. I know Olave was. Um, maybe uh uh, CD I don't, Lamb. Did you say CD Lamb because yeah, he was CD on the Lamb Eagles? Was. Yeah, yeah, CD yeah, Lamb okay. was too. So uh, we got some of them <laughs> out of that list, but you know that just it tells you a little bit of something. And now he's working out with Pickett. We see wherever they're at. I don't know Florida, California, Arizona. I'm not sure where they were, where they're working out in the off season. And that's only going to help because Deontay had way more of a rapport with Mitch Trubisky. It was very obvious that comeback route was just fire. It was unstoppable. Even with Mitch throwing the balls, Deontay came down with some passes and a couple of them that he caught that maybe his foot was like an inch out of bounds too. that make me enough of a believer. But let me tell you when the, the Bengals with the second year quarterback at Joe Burrow and they add Jamar chase to Tyler Boyd, serviceable guy, Tyler Boyd's like Deontay Johnson. T Higgins is like George Pickens. Okay. Get me on with Jordan Addison, but um, I like Calvin Austin. I do, and everybody's kind of forgetting about him the same way they forgot about Alex Highsmith a couple of years ago. So I'm not going to roll him out. But again, uh, does his foot get hurt and stuff? Emmanuel Sanders had the toughest uphill climb of finally getting on the field, and that was the reason Antonio Brown was able to years ago. So you just never know. You could never say never when it comes to the National Football League. 
And uh, there was something else I was going to say along those lines, too, because we were talking about salary cap. Uh, I think I mentioned Gunner already. I think Gunner only saves you like two. Go back to last weekend's or the uh, end of the week show with myself and Brian. We go through all the guys that could be potential cap casualties. But the top three were basically like William Jackson, obviously, was like 12 million. Mitch Trubisky was like 8 million savings. And then Gunner's like two. There's a few other ones that are like peanuts. But like you said, Najee, rookie deal. Pickens, rookie deal. Fryermuth, rookie deal. Oh, that's the guy we're kind of missing in this whole scheme of things. And I didn't have him on the list. And we might as well just throw him in here right now when we're talking about cap space. It's somebody that shouldn't break the bank as a backup tight end. Zach Gentry. Like Gentry, I think, needs to be given a little bit of love here. He's a little more respect put on his name because he's... Uh, developed into a fine uh, blocking tight end. I call him like Matt Spath 2.0. Could you upgrade? You could absolutely upgrade, but I'm getting tired. I, they don't need like the Eric Ebrons of the world to add to this team and play. I'd rather keep Gentry for whatever he's going to cost. Well, there you go. Who's, who's like that? Yeah, but the, you, need, you need threat. like two. Yeah, but they, they seem to always, um, they seem to run with two tight ends. I think they definitely need somebody. You never know. Fryermuth. Fryermuth's had some concussion problems too. Oh, I'm not. I'm not dismissing yeah. Gentry by saying Fryermuth. I'm saying he is our Ebron okay. type. Yeah, Pat's yeah. Our, our Ebron type because he's the athletic receiver piece. I love Gentry. It's it's the same deal as the Cam Sutton thing. The Steelers have put in the time and the work and the energy to develop this guy. He was a a nobody, a bum when they drafted him out of Michigan like three years ago, four years or whatever that was. A converted quarterback and um. I, I rather enjoy seeing him on the field. He's a good blocker and he's a sure-handed guy. He doesn't get too many opportunities, but when he does, he puts his head down and he's good at getting um, yardage after contact because he's so freaking big. Um, I would definitely prefer Gentry stay, especially because of his, like, he seems to be a good locker room guy. You know, he does the grilling and chilling with Fryermuth, and they interview players at camp and uh, he's got a very personable way to him that I think it's just, it, it would be good for team chemistry and it would help us not have that need because uh behind Zach you've only got Connor Hayward who I like but they're entirely different players. Connor Hayward isn't 67 280 going blocking dudes. You know, he's he's a utility tight end. So um keep the keep the trio as it is. Fryermuth obviously isn't up for a deal but keep Gentry around. Keep him as the two. You don't have to overcomplicate things by looking for a different one or drafting one. And I don't think Gentry is going to demand a whole lot of money. Nope. I totally agree with you on the money aspect. I was trying to find, um, you make a great point with Connor Hayward, who is six foot two thirty. That's fullback size folks. That's not like the six, seven giant six, eight, two sixty five deck Gentry. So you can't just replace you know, if Fryermuth goes down, let's say he gets hit in the head again and has to be in concussion protocol and set out. We were talking about this with the backup quarterbacks. We're going to end up getting to that here in a second. But that was a uh, a, a huge uh, part of like the last show we were talking about with backup quarterbacks and whatnot. And you and I talked about that too. These concussion protocols keep people off the field longer now because of the player safety aspect. So you got to have, you're never going to have all-star depth. But you got to have somebody back there. And when you're conceding six, seven inches and 60, 70 pounds, you're going to get tossed around a little bit. You can maybe match up like on a slot corner and create some different type of mismatches, throw a block here or there on a linebacker. But uh, overall, uh, I just, he, he's not, he's not a, 
this large mass of man to use like in your running game. You're gonna do like a toss sweep, and he might get he might get manhandled. He is bowling ball though. I will give him that much. And uh, Derek Watt will throw right in there too. We do, we made it a point to highlight Watt on the last show, but I think Derek Watt's worth bringing back as well. And I know that could, might seem contradictory to what I just said with Hayward, but Hayward's kind of the tweener player, and they've had tweener players. There's one I didn't mention last time. We mentioned all the Johnsons, Will Johnson, David Johnson, and stuff. Jalen Samuels was that other guy. That was like that. And that dude, all he did was score some touchdowns here or there, uh, like a jack of all trades, master of none type. So running back, wide receiver, tight end, whatever uh, type of utility players, plus the special teams aspect that Connor Hayward will give you. So uh, jumping in off of that, uh, we got to go and uh, move a little bit quicker maybe here as we're going to get up against it. Never try and keep these shows too long, but the backup quarterback thing is still a thing. We've beat this to death over the last several shows, but it's something that Omar Khan's going to have to address because a backup quarterback will probably end up playing at some point with the way the NFL goes right now. We had numerous examples at the last show, the 49ers, the Miami Dolphins, Carolina Panthers, the Jets, several teams went through several different quarterbacks over the course of their seasons due to injuries, due to concussions or whatnot. Um, we expect something with Mitch Trubisky to happen because he's going to be a $10 million cap hit. If the Steelers swallow that in its entirety, I think they will be one of the worst business decisions and moves that they've made in years. And it would not look good. I think for a new GM, such as Omar Khan, to just completely eat that. Now I hear that he wants to keep them. You look at, uh, the backup quarterback market as we did before, and there's just not a whole lot of names that, uh, really entice you into thinking, that this will be the guy that replaced Trubisky, new to the system, et cetera, et cetera. So Trubisky or Rudolph, I'll even put Mason Rudolph into the same category if he were to want to return. QB2, you want to keep one of those two veteran guys, whether or not they draft somebody. I saw something from Colin Dunlap earlier. He just threw out some like random name. People always do this. It's like, oh, they should look at this guy in the fifth round. Hey, he probably won't be drafted at all. <laughs> like uh, that happens all the time. How many quarterbacks we fall in love with as those mid round targets or even some that fall uh, first, second rounders that end up being taken in like the sixth or something. Look at like Sam Howell and Matt Corral last year. They were some of the flashier names when it came to the combine type stuff. So I always it, think of uh, Ryan yeah. Nassib because I remember seeing him drafted in the first round mock draft wise a ton. And the Giants got him in like the fifth or whatever. I don't know. But every year there's guys like that. I feel like that they shoot up, whether it's just for speculation or their combine workouts. Or remember Tom Savage is the other one. People thought Tom Savage might go one overall that year after oh. his uh, pro day. And teams being like, oh, this guy's so big and he can throw straight. <laughs> Nassib was the same year Landry Jones came out. And I remember yeah. looking at both of them. They played each other in a preseason game and they were both deer and headlights types. Uh, just not very good. God, Tom Savage, Davis Webb. Uh, there's uh, yeah, you know, Davis got Webb. A lot that's of, a good one. A lot of names like that. Uh, I was thinking of um, oh the the guy who went to Miami of uh, Florida. Oh geez, Brad uh, Kaya. Oh, Brad he a, Kaya. Yeah, he's another. Yeah, another classic. Oh, this guy, he could be a sleeper, and it just it never turned out. I feel bad mentioning her names. It's nothing against them personally, but it's a, like all this draft hype. You got to you know, put your arms around and like kind of corral it for trying to be punny now. But, uh, yeah, but look, listen to all these names we're rattling off. Yeah. You want this Colin Dunlap? You want a guy Minus like QB2. that to come in and be backup pass. Just keep Mason Rudolph or sign Jacoby Brissett for pennies or 
keep Mitch, but for like a fraction of his contract. Mitch cannot possibly think, the Steelers cannot possibly think they're going to keep this guy at $10 million to be the backup quarterback. I don't care if he's the best backup quarterback to ever play in the NFL. That's too much money to invest in a backup quarterback, especially, as you've already mentioned, we're up against the cap. So we got to make moves here to improve the team. We can't be worried about keeping Mitch happy. Yeah, you don't have the luxury of being able to pay a backup quarterback, uh, having them take a, a $10 million cap hit. Yeah, and, who does he think he is? Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. And I know Trubisky may have like rubbed some people the wrong way. I think Deontay was saying some stuff. There's always that um, rumor it's out that they had a fist fight or whatever. And some <laughs> guys were getting behind Mason Rudolph later in the season. I know he didn't end up playing. So be it. Um, but it still doesn't mean, I mean, Trubisky, again, I didn't feel that he's a starting level quarterback in the NFL. It doesn't mean I don't feel he's not a, a good, a decent backup. When you look at the others that are available, and I'm saying that's the key word available, not the guys that are already backups in the league. I'm not going to say he's going to be the top backup instantly, but of the ones available, that's, uh, he's probably the best that's going to, that, that would be available and he's already under contract. So what are you doing? Uh, you, you do have to say, what's that? I said, that's fair. That's very yeah. fair. You just got to save the money. It's just like you said, you can't have the luxury of having a $10 million cap hit on a backup quarterback. So I know we've beaten that one uh, to death. It's becoming a broken record. There's um, we were mentioning this a little bit earlier in the show and it's one that it comes up all the time because TJ Watt ended up injured for a spell last season and it's edge depth. And the Steelers have already brought uh, Quincy, Quincy Roche back. That was somebody they threw a flyer on in a later round a couple of years ago. And they were hoping to uh, cut cut and re-sign like a bait and switch type thing. And that didn't end up happening. And now he's back and we'll see. But it's basically, you're going to look at that. I see I see people mocking edge rushers in the first round. It's like, why? Are you Who are you taking off the field? Are you taking TJ off the field? Are you taking Alex Highsmith off the field? Oh, you're thinking about Alex Highsmith not being here a year from now. Maybe the Steelers aren't thinking that. And if they are thinking that, they're going to have their first round pick that could be playing immediately sitting on the bench. Or they're going to yeah. have the guy. Uh, they're not going to try and devalue Alex Highsmith. He just had 14 and a half sacks. You're going to put him on the bench? It just seems like, I'm sorry, it's preposterous. I just, I don't like that idea whatsoever. I think that's just... Uh, it's, that's ridiculous. And yeah, round one's way too high, way too high for, for, a, for your third edge to, to become an out care. If it's to think long-term, uh, the only explanation I could put behind that is if it's, if it's Luke Sanders that you're seeing, um, he played edge this year, but he's, he, he's going to be a middle linebacker in the NFL. So that's one guy that I could try to explain away if he's a name you're seeing mocked to the Steelers. But aside from him, uh, yeah, I would not want an edge anywhere above the third round. If they want to, it'd be very Steelers. It feels like to pick an edge in the middle rounds, but I, I do not want to see one at 17 or 32. Even 49 would be a bit of a stretch for me because I think they're fine. Obviously more than fine. you got the defensive MVP from 2021 and you've got Alex Highsmith. who got 14 and a half sacks last year. Quincy Roche is a project. The possibility I'd rather bring in a veteran for cheap, like Bud Dupree or somebody else who would cost like similar to Melvin Ingram's contract when we got him. Don't waste the draft capital on a guy that you're not even sure is going to see the field very much, especially high draft capital. Yeah, exactly. You don't want high draft capital. Um, I still have my tight ends list up because I was going to mention someone with Gentry, but maybe for another show, 
Uh, maybe we'll look at maybe some other potential targets that might be available because you look at the top end of that list. It's like, you're not paying that much for a tight end too. Well, the same thing, you're not paying as much for an edge three or four. You're always going to end up with somebody like a Roche or uh Jameer Jones, who they just re-signed. You're going to have like a, I don't know, not Cesar Skipper, but uh, Ola. Yeah, yeah, you, you have uh, to and, get lucky. The, yeah, per you the perfect like storm that. has to come through because mm -hmm. we had it for a second with Melvin Ingram, but then, you know, Potter heads prevail or, or don't prevail because he wanted out. That's, it, he's it, the exact guy you want to target. Um, yeah. A little higher in age. You sh he shouldn't be expecting to play like a bazillion snaps. It's 32 years of age for the contract he had was only like a few million at that. And he wasn't a priority free agent. He was signed a, you know, a day before camp open. And that's because yeah. they found out TJ was going to be sitting in the contract. wasn't going the way they needed. So you need a veteran guy for drills also. Uh, that's yeah. probably what rubbed him the wrong way. To be completely honest, it's like at 32 years of age, he probably thinks he could sit on his ass and not have to uh, work out as hard because let's face it. It's not a picnic going to St. Vincent's college. Most of the players, they talk about it, and uh, at least they have air conditioning now. You got the players of the 80s and maybe some of the early 90s and stuff with the Coward teams that uh, maybe they didn't have AC units in some of those dorms. They're dorm rooms, you know what I mean? The dorm rooms yeah. at a you know a liberal arts college, a Division three sports programs. So it's, the, you know, uh, expensive places to go. Not saying that they have bad facilities, all bad facilities, but, uh, you know, they get maybe the freshman dorms or something or whatever's open, and those aren't always the best choices. Um, but that that's what you're going to be looking at, like Malik Reed, who they traded for or somebody like that. And a lot of people are going to be talking edge depth, but you're not going to go out there. I still think Bud Dupree is going to be a pretty big, he's going to be a big fish. And uh, the rumor is that the Titans are going to let him go. He's 30 years old. We mentioned that we took a look at his, uh, contract. Ah, I had Jameis Winston's up too, as part of the uh, backup quarterback thing. Wow. Uh, who's going to give Bud Dupree all that money? I don't know. Um, I had Winston That's my thing, is I don't think with his injuries and his age, I don't think he's going to get that money. If he does, his agent deserves 100% of that contract because yeah, he's gonna get that's a tough sell, man. That's the only reason I want him here is because I'm assuming he'll be cheap and want to do like a one-year deal to possibly springboard himself back into free agency the following year. I don't want us to sniff around him if he's like, yeah, I want 20 million or 30 million like, and I want to play more than Highsmith. It's a very defined and specific role that I have in my head for Bud Dupree. And if he can't fit it, I, I want them to look elsewhere. The Malik Reed type, that was a great idea when we drafted for him, but he was, you know, silent all year mm -hmm. outside of a couple holding calls that he got. So um, I think the desire is there. It's, it's proven the Steelers want to have a third guy that can contribute snaps and help. It's just really hard to find that guy who isn't already starting on one of the other 32 teams. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I would have said Cleveland Browns, but they're changing defensive coordinators and schemes once again. Uh, I only say that because they paid Davian Clowney $10 million last year, and they've been struggling to find a guy opposite uh, Miles Garrett. Now, can Bud Dupree play a straight-up defensive end? I don't no, know. That's a good guess, can. unfortunately. Uh, that is a good guess, the, yeah. the Browns. Yeah, so I, you know, but he, he kind of fits that same mold as somebody like Clowney. He doesn't have the same type of draft pedigree and uh production wise though he's been at least as productive but i don't know that he's a 10 million dollar guy uh but maybe some team will take a stab at him i'll give him a little bit of scratch as far as signing bonus and he may have an opportunity to start somewhere at 30 years of age 
I'd have to look around and see who has holes and who has needs. Could he bounce back to Pittsburgh? He would have to know that there could be one of two things, though, that could uh, light his fire. And like I said, 30 years, uh, 30 years old, but February birthday. Okay. So he's just turned 30. He's going to be like 30 and a half playing during the season. Could he play a few more years? Not everybody's James Harrison that could play until they're like almost 40. But Dupree might look at this too, as you said, like a one year deal. Uh, he looks at Alex Highsmith. Does Alex Highsmith get the extension? Does that tell you, does that kind of insulate you where you can maybe bring Dupree back another year after that? You already have him in house or you decide, well, he really wasn't the fit right now. We brought him back. Uh, he didn't play a whole lot. We extended Alex. So it could be insurance. I'm not entirely against that notion, but again, it's the, the luxury of backups in what you're paying them. And yeah. I don't know, I don't know that they could do all of that. We'll end up finding out, I guess, uh, shortly. But boy, that would take something off of their, they're going to draft a linebacker or two in the draft regardless. That's just the way the Steelers are. And they have the holes that are there with Devin Bush, with Robert Spillane. So we shall see how that ends up It's a pretty good class. It's a pretty good class of middle yeah. guys. I'm enticed by quite a few. I like the Clemson kid, Simpson. I like Luke Sanders, Saunders, who I just mentioned uh, out of Arkansas. He said he models his game after TJ Watt, um, even though he's going to be a middle guy. But I like Luke Sanders. I like Simpson out of Clemson and uh, Campbell out, out of Iowa. Those are three guys that I think the Steelers will have expressed interest in before, before the draft. Yep. I'm totally there with you. Our last uh, topic. I'd probably just put a bow on it right now, but I think we could talk about this real quick. A lot of talk about trading up, trading down and what they might do. And this is some of the priorities that Omar Khan's going to be seeing uh, we're heading into free agency. Um, do do they make any type of moves now or they wait till draft day or there any type of position things that happen? Uh, do they trade Mitch Trubisky and add an extra pick? We were talking, I think we uh, I caught some of one of these conversations you were in on Twitter and somebody was talking about whether or not the Steelers could move back into the twenties. And I said, man, if they end up getting like a, a low second, high third, even just a third round pick, don't matter where it's at. And they move back like five, six spots and could still land the guy that they wanted at 17, maybe. That's what you're talking about with roster building, my friend. You have like oh, yeah. I'm, I'm always four or five picks in the top 75. Oof, that would be smoking hot. I'm totally on board with that. So if, if you're a smart fan, you're pro trading back always. I don't care what the state of your team is, but if you can get more picks, especially like you said, third rounders and up, you do it every time. Um, I would, in the moment, watching the draft, it sucks because you want them to make the pick. If, they, if they're one of the teams that waits until they're on the clock to trade back, that is so deflating. But you can rest assured that you got another pick out of it, and your team's about to pick in a couple picks anyway. So I'm definitely a, a fan of the idea of trading back, whether it's at 17 or even at 32. And, um, man, that'd be such a buzzkill, actually, because you're waiting all day the 32nd pick to be made and they trade back but like i said <laughs> to get more picks i would make that personal sacrifice and and bump back if we could get more picks because we're we're not a bad team but there are quite a few holes that we could benefit from an extra pick from yeah uh that's and that's what i mean you gotta you you look at where the money's being spent and if you could put some of these younger players and plug them into some of these places or have depth it's usually where your depth comes from is from like solid drafting you yeah. have guys that are already in place starting and then you have younger players that 
are kind of an unknown. You don't know what their ceiling is and they get out there and then you find out like a Javon Hargrave that they are, they're ballers. You know what I mean? They could really play. Uh, and I do not want to trade up. I say that now. I do not want to trade up unless they do it and then pick a guy that I like and then I have to defend him and I have to defend <laughs> the move. But right now I say no. Yes. Do not trade up, please. With you. I'm with you. I got the pen here somewhere. Got to always, got to have the pen ready. And, uh, you know, right as we're closing this out, Zach, uh, per Ian Rappaport, you were saying, we were just saying, thank God for Kitty Pickett, right? Derek Carr and the Saints, four years, 150 million with 100 million in total guarantees, 70 million effectively fully guaranteed, 60 at signing. <laughs> and Carr structures his deal to accommodate the Saints cap issues, which probably means it's like a 10 year deal with six void years or something. <laughs> Holy cow. I, I, I can't, dude, I can't believe that. Can't get over that's, that. That's the problem with the NFL today, man. I, I love the NFL. It, it is a lot of meaning in my life gets me up in the morning, but the quarterback market is so screwed up, man. Cause Derek Carr is the top 15, 14, fringe fringe top 10 quarterback i guess but a hundred million dollars man 100 for 150 150 million dollars uh over four years i mean he's it's 37 and a half but it's Derek carr and it was funny because they were saying uh um tom pelicero kept saying david carr who hasn't played for like 10 years so, <laughs> and they're but, colleagues he works for nfl now. yeah 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 they work together yeah I, i'm with you as far as um moving back you always want to add more draft capital but then again you also have to sign these guys so omar khan is going to have to have a little bit of uh some extra money in the bank here to be able to spend uh, depending on where these picks are, you move up in the draft. And I just, uh, if you're the Steelers, you haven't had the opportunities to pick high or have multiple picks that are high. So that's the main reason why I don't, I don't like a whole lot of movement unless it's to add on to what you already, um, what, what you already have in the coffers there, as far as your draft capital. So, uh, Zach, thanks once again for joining us. Take the time out of your busy day, busy morning, et cetera, et cetera. And um, here we go. No problem, boss. I'm a week away, man. Ah, don't call me boss. You know I don't like. It. <laughs> it's a term <laughs> of endearment. It. I don't mean like head honcho. I mean like buddy, pal, <laughs> chief, friend. Yeah, big cheese, head honcho, supreme leader. Those are the ones that uh, th those are the ones you should refer to. Terms of terms. Ah. Terms of endearment, can't even say it right. So uh, folks, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, leave a rating and review wherever you may be listening and or watching. And thank you for supporting the Steel City Underground podcast. My name's Joe Kuzba. His name is Zach Celadonia. Until next time, don't forget to leave us some comments. Yes, yeah, so we even get some of those on the hotline, the text messages. Go ahead and leave those as well. And as we always do on this show, all of our two percenters are still hanging in there. We encourage everyone out there to be safe, be good, and we'll catch you later. We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website, www.steelcityunderground.com. 